Thanks for downloading and welcome to Take Orally, the podcast from Anyway's Dream, Queen's Medical Centre, Nottingham. In this episode, we'll be discussing hip examination. As ever, all information is correct at the time of recording. Any guidelines mentioned are correct for Nottingham University Hospital's NHS Trust. Other trust guidelines may vary, or views and opinions of the speaker's own. Hello, welcome back to Take Orally. Uh, in this episode, we're taking on hip examination. Uh, so, delighted again to have Ali Whitfield with me. Hello, Ali. Hello, James. So, hip examination, um, I'm guessing we're following the same format as every other joint? We are indeed. So, we are asking our patient to undress, we are asking for the presence of any pain and making sure we have analgesed if they are in pain. We are doing all of that and, and we're doing look, feel, move and special tests. Brilliant. So, looking. So, looking. Uh, we have our patients. Um, exposed, so just down the pants if you possibly can, so you can see what's going on. Um, have a look at them standing. If they're able to stand, it, it, it's better for you to be able to examine them standing first of all. Um, have a look at them from the front. Or do they look like they're standing evenly on their hips even? Um, is there any rotation at all? Have a look at them from the side where you can notice is their knee flex, which then flexes their hip as well. So you can't tell whether the problem is in the knee or the hip, but you're looking for that flexion anyway and um, having a look at them from behind is there um, any difference in if, if there's any scoliosis um, any lord, excessive lordosis kyphosis on the spine and um, to, to that will alter the hip um, also as with all of the joints you're looking for any wasting any bruising any skin changes in any way excellent um, and then so we also want to have a look at the gait yes so we're going to ask them to walk then if they're able to and um, you're going to ask them to walk a short distance away from you and, and turn around and walk back towards you and you're noticing any change in their gait is there an antalgic gait or painful gait is there a Trendelenburg gait where they're, they're waddling in any way um, anything that you notice is different to a normal are they spending any less time on one leg than the other so that Trendelenburg gait, the Trendelenburg uh, sign, that, that's a sign of abductor weakness. It is. And while they're stood there, we can then do Trendelenburg's test. We can, yes. So we just want them to, um, so facing you, if you hold your arms out with palms up and ask them to put their palms face down onto your forearms to support them and then ask them to stand on one leg or the other leg. Um, if you're testing their left leg, then as they stand on their left leg, it will allow them, to, they, they will drop towards the right hand side. So the sound side sags that, uh, is the way of remembering this. And this shows there's a weakness of their abductors on the left hand side. So that would be a positive Trendelenburg sign. So while they're standing on one leg on the left, with yes. you supporting them, you're actually looking at the sagging on the right. Yes. And that's the positive. That's the positive. If they, they should be able to stand and hold their hips straight, which would be a negative sign. Um, and then we also want to have a look at them at rest, so we want to be measuring their leg as well. Yes, we'll do that once we get them lying down, so we can get them to lie down on the trolley. Um, we're going to look a bit closer then, so you can look for any signs of any scars that you might not have been able to see whilst they were standing. And then you can measure their leg length with the true leg length um, going from the ACIS, so the anterior superior iliac spine, down to the medial malleolus. Um, or the apparent leg length where you pick a solid central point such as the sternum and again measuring to the medial malleolus 
but this then doesn't take into account any scoliosis of the spine um, that will, will make one leg appear to be shorter than the other. Okay, uh, and so then we're also going to now have a feel, so we've, we've looked, now time to have a feel. Yes, yeah, so we'll feel across the joint lines, first of all feeling if there's any temperature difference and um, then palpate the, um, around the ACES, you'll follow the joint line um, across the pubic bone, um, then onto the outside of the hip on, over the greater trochanter and see if there's any, if the patient has any tender points throughout any of those. Um, obviously you can't palpate the posterior because they're now lying down. Okay, um, and so um, then we're going to get our patient to move? Yes, so we're looking at the, see what kind of movement they can make by themselves to start with, so their active movement, um, so get them to bend their knee and bring their knee up towards the chest. They can move their joint a lot further with a bent knee rather than a straight knee. Um, so how far they can flex. You may then want to see if they can take that a little bit further and so you add passive movements into that. And um, so we've got flexion and extension. Extension is just down to zero. Um, the, the, there are degrees of extension that you can show either by lying them on their side, lying prone or whilst they're standing. Um, there's then abduction and adduction of the hip, so how far you can do this um, as a fluid movement together, so how far can they abduct their hip, then see if you can take it a little bit further so you're adding in passive movement and then ask them to hold it there while you resist that movement, so you've got active, passive and resisted all-in-one movement. The same with adduction, so ask them to take, if it's their right leg, they will take it over the top of their left leg, see how far they can go without moving their hips from the bed, see if you can take it any further, then ask them to hold it there whilst you resist that movement. What is Thomas's test? Sadly nothing to do with my family. Um, the, this is part of your, uh, you can do again as part of your flexion extension, so you would put your hand in underneath their lumbar spine and as they flex, so if you're examining their right hip, you'd want them to flex their left knee up. As their lumbar lordosis is flattened out, um, you note whether their right leg has come up off the bed, so their thigh will lift off the bed with a fixed flexion deformity. Um, you also then can move on to testing rotation of the hip, so flexing the knee up to 90, which flexes the knee, and also flexing the knee to 90 degrees, and then rotating internally and externally. And so now we've done all of that, we're, we're now into our closing uh, of, the, of the exam. Uh, again, I'm imagining much the same as the previous ones. Indeed, yes, so the joint above and joint below, we've already mentioned that we would have looked at the spine, so you'd want to feel the spine, and then move down to the knee and make sure there was no problems there, and then distal neurovascular, including pulses and cap. And get your patients dressed and thank Indeed, yes. Thank you so much, Ellie. Thank you. That was the Take Orally Hip Examination podcast. You can find the blog entry for this podcast at uh, takeorally.com. You can also find Take Orally on both Facebook and Twitter. For more information about research and education opportunities within emergency medicine, acute medicine, and major trauma, you can find NUH Dream on both Facebook and Twitter.